I want you to hear this word. Even the sermon title is provocative, intentionally so. It comes from the word of God and, and driven by the spirit of God. The sermon title is called The Pushback. The pushback, go tell that fox. The level of adversity, the threats, the intimidating spirits right now prevalent in culture and society prompt us to have to respond. What do you do when you're threatened? What do you do when someone is threatening you, your family, your way of life, your values, threatening your children and your children's children, your health, your destiny, your God-ordained purpose? What do we do? Do we shrivel up? Do we hide in a little corner? Do we engage in some sort of fetal position? Do we acquiesce? Do we surrender? What should we do when we are threatened? The best model to emulate, the best model to imitate is Jesus. Paul said, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Just do what Jesus would do. The whole, what would Jesus do movement back in the 1990s. Really, it works. What did Jesus do when he was threatened? We have to respond. Let me paint the picture for the movie set. Ready? Here we have a man named Herod. Herod. Herod was the governor of the region under the Roman Empire. Herod had such a big ego that he called himself king. If you do your biblical due diligence, you've all heard if you grew up in church, King Herod. What if I tell you he was never really a king? Don't take my word for it. Go to Wikipedia. He gave himself that title. It was never given by the Roman Empire. He just, he was the governor, but he wanted people to call him king. Oh, right. He had some issues. He was abandoned at Walmart when he was a kid. Never dealt with it. Hence issues, right? Herod, here we have Herod. And here we have Herod who was already guilty of decapitating, beheading John the Baptist the forerunner of Jesus in ministry. He cut off his head because John was critical of the moral character of Herod and spoke about the marriage that was inappropriate, illegal, morally reprehensible. So Herod did what all politicians, governors, and authority would do. Remove the enemies. Do whatever you can. That's what he did. Corrupt ones, at least. Over here, we have the Pharisees. Oh, the Pharisees. The Pharisees were religious people that knew the word but did not live the word. Are there any questions? These are a group of individuals that knew the word. And boy, did they know the word. They knew, they knew the law. They knew everything about the Mosaic law. They could recite it, dictate it, write it. But they would not live it. They were lacking empathy and compassion and love. Here it is, right here, the Pharisees. In essence, they knew the truth, but they lacked the love. And because truth must be reconciled with love, Psalm 89, 14. We're never going to be able to change the world unless it's both truth and love. If all we do is love, we're a bunch of modern-day hippies. If all we know is truth, we're a bunch of modern-day Pharisees. But if we reconcile truth with love, we change the world in the name of Jesus. Psalm 89, 14. And over here we have Jesus. So over here we have Herod with issues, we have Pharisees with issues, and we have Jesus, the Messiah who can solve any issue, every issue. Here's Jesus. And the conversation went like this. Herod sends a message to the Pharisees conveyed both implicitly and explicitly 
The Pharisees, because it's before Facebook and text messaging, the Pharisees come along and convey the message. Hey, Jesus. Yes. There's a message from Herod, the governor, who thinks he's a king. Jesus. Here's the message. Let me read it so you guys don't think I'm making it up. Luke chapter 13, verse 31. Get away from here if you want to live. Herod Antipas wants to kill you. Why? Because you're casting out demons, setting people free. You're healing people. You're preaching this gospel message. You got to stop. Hey, Jesus, Herod says you better stop setting people free. You better stop healing the sick and preaching this message of the kingdom. If not, he will kill you. And this is the way Jesus responded. The pushback on the pushback. Luke 13, 32, here it is. And Jesus replied. Jesus replied, can you take out your Bible, please? This is very critical. And Jesus said, oh, I'm sorry, Herod. Let me go home and hunker down and shrivel up because you have the authority and I'm going to have to acquiesce to what you're saying because you have the power to put me in jail. Oh, God forbid, meaning me forbid me. Me forbid. I forbid I. Oh, get complicated. God forbid that I end up dead. Ooh, I'm... Oh, okay, I'm just not even going to respond because I just, it, it, I just don't want to disrespect you. So let me, and Jesus replied, I will go home and pray about it. And Jesus replied, let me go out and fast for 40 days to see what is the will of the Father. And Jesus replied, well, let me just do everything that the governmental authority official is telling me to do. Is that in your Bible? Did I read that wrong? It must be the modern day 21st century post-COVID version. Let me read to you what the Bible really says. This is what Jesus said. I'm sorry, you're telling me that I can't what? I can't cast out demons, set people free. I can't heal the sick. I can't preach this message of the kingdom. You're telling me I can't do this? If I continue to do it, you're going to do what? He's going to kill me? All right, Pharisees, let me respond. Go tell that fox. Yes, Jesus got involved in name calling, ladies and gentlemen. He did. Fox was not an admirable, affirming, loving term. It was not a term of endearment. Jesus, who is love incarnate, was not in a loving mood when he responded to Herod. We need a church that knows how to respond to the threats. We, know, we need a... We need a church that knows how to confront the spiritual threats when we're confronting devils and demons and legions and principalities and ideologies and dictates of the enemy. We shouldn't tolerate it. We need to respond just like Jesus. We don't hunker down. We don't engage in a fetal position. Neither do we do, oh, woe is me. They're picking on the church. I'm, we're not wimps. We're not cowards. We are people that have the spirit of Jesus. We know how to stand up and say, go tell that fox. Go tell that fox that I will continue to preach the kingdom. I will continue to set people free. I will continue to heal the sick because on the third day, my best day is yet to come. (laughs) 
So we got to go through this. Let's quickly. But we, number one, if you're taking any notes, really good luck with that today. Here it is. I will push back on the Pharisees' provocation. The first thing we got to push back on is on the Pharisees. The Pharisees are people that embody religious hypocrisy. They elevate rituals over relationships. They embrace the law of negating grace. Let me tell you what Jesus said explicitly about Pharisees. Matthew 23, 13. Woe to you! When the Bible says woe, it means woe. Woe. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. You are hypocrites. Oh, snap. That's a holy, oh, snap. For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, which means what? You closed the kingdom of heaven for people not to be able to go in. You think you know who's going to be saved. And you try to tell people they can't be saved. So you neither go in yourselves, you're not saved, and you don't permit others to get in there. That is a crazy declaration. You don't, you're not going in, and you don't want others to go in. Ladies and gentlemen, we must rebuke every... Before we start condemning the Herods, we got to come against the Pharisees. The first thing the church has to do is look within ourselves and make sure there is no vestige of a Pharisaic spirit. We need to come against a judgmental Pharisaic spirit that tries to dictate who can be part of the kingdom and who cannot. Every single religious, myopic, limited, bandwidth, worldview that tries to tell us who can come to our church. I want to make it clear. The church of Jesus Christ is not an institution of man. Let me tell you who can come to the real church of Jesus. Meaning to churches that are gospel, Christ-centered, Bible-based, and spirit-empowered. We don't limit the audience. We don't, on any given Sunday in our audience, we have both the blessed and the broken. We have the healed and we have those that are hurting. We have those that are drunk in the spirit and those that are drunk with something else. But they come. And when they come and Jesus shows up, everything changes. When, when they come and we worship in spirit and in truth, the atmosphere will absolutely transform. The blood of Jesus washes us and we are born again. How many know that there is no limit? I don't care who you are. If you're broken, if you're hurting right now, wherever you are, you're going through a divorce, you're fighting addiction, you have sinned so much, nothing is beyond the blood of Jesus. So listen, the Pharisees would say, you have to look like this to come to my church. You have to talk like this to come to a church. You have to vote like this to come to my church. Our church is full of everyone. We have everything. Black, white, yellow, brown, Republicans, Democrats, independents. We have Raiders and 49ers. We have coffee drinkers and tea drinkers. We have everything. Why? Because when they come here, Jesus shows up. The gospel is preached. The blood of Christ sets people free. No more Pharisees. No more Pharisees. The next thing we have to push back on is on Herod's spirit. Herod's spirit. Herod represents oppressive governmental oversight infringing upon God-given rights. Herod is when governmental authority or that which is over you in your life is threatening you. That which has authority in your life has the power to tell you if you don't stop doing something, we will terminate you. That's crazy. Herod, likewise, represents a spirit of violence. He beheaded John the Baptist. The spirit of Herod is alive and well in 2020. Um, I, this is like the most apropos message of this moment. 
there is a spirit attempting to intimidate us, telling us that we can't preach, we can't set people free, we can't, I'm not talking about a person, I'm talking about spirit. I go beyond the, the, the wineskin, I'm looking into the wine, I'm looking into the substance, not just the style. And there's a spirit of Herod that's alive. I am not, listen, it is the first time since Constantine, since Constantine, that the churches around the world have been shut down. Around the world, the devil is having a heyday. Somewhere, Satan is drinking a latte, maybe even a cappuccino, because he's thinking, I got this. I, I released my forces from hell, and I simultaneously shut down the church from gathering. I know the church is not the building. The church is the people. I get that. We're not the buildings and the auditoriums. But don't be naive to think that the enemy is not smiling by holding back the gatherings. The gatherings are prophetic. The gatherings are powerful. The gatherings are transformative. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, one more time. I know that the church is people, not the buildings. But when we gather together something happens when we come together something happens you can't deny that it's in the word it's in the book so listen carefully all these forces right now are threatening and saying you can't do it you can't that's the spirit of Herod that's the spirit right now prevalent the number one issue it's not just COVID under the guise of safety and security Sure, you can do other gatherings, but you can't gather as a church. You can go to a casino, but you can't be a church. You can be outside, but you can't be a church. You can line up for Starbucks, but you can't line up to go to church. So I'm sorry, I've been quiet a bit too long. I've been fighting things behind the scenes, but enough is enough. I'm here to tell Herod, I'm here to speak into every power and principality that is trying to silence the church. I'm here to say it, go tell that fox, we will continue to cast out demons. We will continue to declare freedom in Jesus, heal the sick, because on the third day, the fullness of God's resurrection power must be exposed. If you believe it, give God a shout of praise like you know. So let me, that spirit of Herod, who thinks he's winning, you think you're the most powerful spirit. Again, the spirit of Herod is a spirit of intimidation and threats, of coercion, manipulation, that prompts people to shrivel up and stop, stop the fulfillment of their destiny. I want you to hear me. Dear spirit of Herod, you are not the most powerful spirit alive today. It may look like it. Oh, but you're about to be pushed back. I'm prophetically declaring you're about to, Herod, you're about to be pushed back like you've never been pushed back before. Because the most powerful spirit is not you, Herod. The most powerful spirit is still the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. It is the spirit that resurrected Jesus. It is the pneuma and the paraclete, the advocate and the comforter. We have to push back on Herod. We have to push back. And then, are there any questions? It's, and then, this is the way Jesus, just a scene. Herod, the Pharisees, Jesus, and then it happens. What say ye, Jesus? You want me to, here's my response. Go tell that fox. He begins with the word go. Just go, go, go. I'm sending you back. Go. You have a mission. 
Push back on the pushback with a go. What does that mean? The word go appears in scripture 1,542 times. The word stay, 62. So it doesn't require a PhD from Stanford to figure out that God prefers for us to go. Do the math. To stay is equivalent in this context to be stagnant, dormant, inactive, lukewarm, passive, and unproductive. You want to stay stuck in this season? You want to stay stuck in COVID? You want to stay stuck in, in discord and strife? You want to stay stuck in violence? You want to stay stuck in fear and angst and consternation and anxiety? You want to stay stuck in the, in the perpetual limbo around what people decide and vaccines and so forth? Good luck with that. As for me and my house, we will not stay stuck in this chapter. Is there anyone here who is willing to go? Is there anyone here who says, I will not stay stuck in this season? Is there anyone here ready to go after the dream, go after the destiny, go after God-ordained righteousness, pursue righteousness, pursue Jesus, pursue the will of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Are you ready to go? You have to tell yourself, repeat after me, I will not stay stuck in this season, in this chapter. I will not stay stuck. Neither will I purchase property, real estate, in the desert, in the valley, in the pit, or in the storm. I'm going through this, but I won't stay stuck here. As for me and my house, there is a promise. There is a great promise. There is an amazing promise. We will possess it. We will conquer it. We will live in the fullness of what Christ ordained for us. I'm, everybody ready to go? We need a church ready to go. One, one little thing about going. When I was studying this, I just wanted to put, what's the first time that God ever told anyone go? First time? And it's pretty interesting. Genesis 12, 1. First time the Bible says go. The Lord said to Abram, go. Just Jesus said go. Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I'm going to give you land. Verse 7, Genesis 12. I will give this land to your children and your children's children. Stop. You missed it. If you go. If you go, if you obey and walk in the will of God, the way of God, and the word of God, your children will inherit your blessings. You kind of got that, but you didn't. I'm going to tell you how I know you didn't. Because when God told Abram, if you go, I'm going to give you a piece of land that your children and your children's children will inherit forevermore. But the only thing was that he forgot to tell you that Abram didn't have any children. Oh, you missed it. He didn't have any children yet. No, no, no. God gave him a promise. God didn't say, if you have children. God said, I'm going to give you something that your children and your children's children will inherit. Oh, I know you're not getting it, but you will. In Acts chapter 7, verse 5, the, Dr. Luke, filled the Holy Spirit, writing about this moment, says, but he promised the land would be his children and his children's children. I, this is what Luke says. At that time, he had no children. I don't know about you, but when you go, God blesses the stuff you don't even have yet. I'm here to tell, this is for someone here, someone streaming. God blesses it before it is born. I'm here to tell you, God will bless it before you even see it. God will bless it before you even touch it. God will bless it before you embrace it. God will bless it before you receive it. God will bless it before it is born. When you live in the will of God, according to the word of God, God will bless it before it is born. If you believe that, 
then you must believe that your children and your children's children are blessed. That your, what if I tell you that your September is already blessed? Your October is already blessed. Your November is already, what if, what if I tell you that God already blessed your 2021, that when you step into it, it's already blessed. I'm preaching like a madman, but I'm here to tell you that he blesses it before it is born. That includes your ideas, your innovation, your creativity. Before it is born, it is blessed. When you're willing to go. Somebody say go. Please look at your neighbor if you're here. Say go. If you're at home and you're by yourself, tell the other you go. All right. We're about to land this. Here it is. Push back on the pushback and tell that fox, here it is. I, let me just, Herod was the governmental authority in charge. He conveyed a message, cannot preach, you Jesus cannot heal, and cannot set people free. If you do, I will kill you. Literally speaking, it's in the Bible. The government told Jesus, either you stop preaching, healing, and setting people free, or we're going to kill you. In the state of California, it's not necessarily kill you, it's imprison you. I have pastors, friends of mine that are being fined every single day because they refuse to stop preaching. And I'm going to say this, I just felt impressed. I called a couple of my staff members up, impressed by the Holy Spirit, and God told me, don't let them stand alone. So I'm not. I'm not taking political sides. This is not about donkeys and elephants. No, it's not. It's about foxes. It, it's about forces that think that they can dictate what we can do as Christians. How dare you tell me I can't gather with people in my house and pray in the name of Jesus? I just want to say it. Who do you think you are? Who do you, you weren't there when Jesus set me free. You weren't there when the... This is not religion. You weren't there when the blood of Jesus washed me of all my sins. You weren't there when God transformed my trajectory and put me on the narrow way. You weren't there. So how dare anyone or anything tell me that I can't gather in my own home and pray with people in the name of Jesus. I don't care. I've reached the point of I don't really care anymore what the consequences may be. I'm going to respond like Jesus. I'm going to continue to preach the gospel. We will continue to set people free. We're going to continue to lay hands on the sick. We're going to continue to preach the message of the kingdom. We're going to continue to tell a broken world there's only one way to be saved, one way to be set free, one way to get to heaven, one way for eternal life, and his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And there is no other way but Jesus. He's running. Tell that fox. Tell that fox. If this was the church of Sam Rodriguez or Billy McGillicuddy, that's my alter ego. Billy McGillicuddy. Ask my grandkids, they actually hear that. Billy McGillicuddy. Or LeBron Brown, we may just acquiesce to Herod. But this is not Sam's church. It's not Billy's church. It's not LeBron's church. This is the church of Jesus Christ. I'm speaking to the collective BC church. We are the church of Jesus. We're not just anyone's church. So silence is not an option. Let me say that one more time. Silence is not an option. There is no such animal as silent Christianity. Jesus did not go. He responded. If the church 
would stop playing politics and stand up and respond. No, I wish we would get this. There is no such thing as comfortable Christianity. We, we need to stand up and, because we have that spirit. Go tell that fox. Do you know who was speaking? The one that in John chapter 1, verse 29, he was identified as the Lamb of God. Oh, you missed it. The Lamb is saying the fox. Let me flip this for you. When Jesus spoke to the fox and said, go tell that fox, it wasn't the Lamb talking. Because foxes eat lambs. But do you know what foxes are afraid of above all? Do your due diligence. Lions. Oh, you missed that. When Jesus said, go tell that fox, it wasn't the lamb. It was what Revelation chapter 5 describes him as. He's not just the lamb. He is also the lion of the tribe of Judah. We need Christians who are vertical lambs and horizontal lions. We need Christians that can worship like a lamb, but that can roar like a lion. When the foxes come to steal your joy and steal your peace and threaten your destiny, do not respond like a lamb. You need to get up and unleash the anointing of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Are there any lions in the house here today? Let me ask one more time. Are there any lions in the house here today? It's time for the foxes. And again, if you think I'm, I'm, I'm referencing a, an individual, you missed it. It's about a spirit. It's about a spirit. It's the force behind. And I want to speak to every fox. We need to stand up and the church should unleash a collective roar that'll prompt the foxes to shrivel up and say, we're out of here. But it's the church. It's the church. We got to go tell that fox with the authority of the lion of Revelation 5, 5, the tribe of Judah. Go tell. We're going to continue to cast out demons. We're going to continue to set people free. I'm here to tell you that the church, you as a Christian, when you speak, when you're filled with the spirit of Jesus and you're washed by the blood of the lamb, the words that come out of your mouth set people free. You, your actions can set people free. Your testimonies should set people free. The reason the enemy wants you to stay hunkered in in your house and in your office and in your basement for the purpose of you not being able to set other people free. When you are filled with Jesus, the spirit of Christ, 2 Corinthians 3.17, when you're filled with that spirit, that is the spirit of freedom. Wherever you go, people are set free. You carry freedom. You walk in freedom. You exude freedom. That's why I am believing more people are about to be set free than ever before. If you're streaming in right now, Jesus sets you free from your sins, from your past, from addiction, from generational curses. He sets you free from yourself, from the works of the enemy. Jesus sets you free. For you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. For he who the Son sets free is free. It's the freedom, that message of freedom. Christ, the quintessential emancipator. He wants to set you free, 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 free. We, can, we must continue. And healing the sick. He, I'm going to continue to cast out demons, set people free, and heal those that are sick. Oh, 2020, if the Lord tarries, 
five, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, let's assume you'll have grandkids. And they're gonna ask you, hey, what about that year 2020? That's in our textbook. That year, you will not say, that was the year of COVID. You're gonna say, oh, 2020. You mean the year of healing. How many believe that Jesus has the power to heal every single sickness, illness, disease, be it physical, mental, emotional, relational? How many believe that Christ is the healer? How many do believe in Jehovah Rapha? How many believe that by the stripes of Christ we are already healed? Then I need you to believe with me before this year is over. Not only will you be healed and your family healed, those that you love will be healed. Your atmosphere will be healed. You're, I'm even believing. This is going to be crazy. Some of you are going to push back. I don't care. I'm believing that God has the power if we humble ourselves and turn from our wicked ways to heal our nation and to heal our land. If you believe that healing's about to show up like never before, lift up both hands and declare that 2020 is the year of healing if you believe it and you truly believe it lift up those hands really high and declare this year is the year of healing for me and my house my family my community and my nation give God your best praise offering for the healer Exodus 15 26 I am the Lord who heals you Isaiah 4 53 verse 5 he was pierced for our rebellion crushed for our sins he was beaten so we can be whole. He was whipped so we can be healed. Matthew 10, 8, go out there and heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cure those that have leprosy and cast out demons. Give freely as you have received. That's us. That's to us. The year of healing. Because on the third day, that's what he said. Go tell them I'm going to continue to do this. Go tell that box. I'm going to continue setting people free. I'm going to continue to heal the sick. Because on the third day, stop, time out. He did not say, tell the fox that I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing because I have to go to the cross. Tell him I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing because I have to, it's the sacrifice, the vicarious atoning work. It's the sacrifice. The day of atonement, the day of atonement. No, he didn't reference which is the day that we, no. He referenced the third day. Hmm. What is the third day? On the third day was the day that Jesus resurrected. Hashtag best day ever. You missed it. I want you to tell the fox, I'm going to continue to set people free and heal the sick because my best day is yet to come. I need you to open up your mouth right now and look at every Herod that is coming against you. Speak to every fox and tell him, I'm going to continue to pray in the name of Jesus. I'm going to continue to worship in spirit and in truth. I'm going to continue to move mountains. I'm going to continue to declare the promises of God. I'm going to continue to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly before God. I'm going to continue to be light in the midst of darkness. Because other than the day that I was saved, my best days are yet before me. If you believe that, give God your last shout of praise for today. Let me see your hands. If you're going to continue to do God's will, raise one hand. 
If the foxes will not stop you, raise both hands. If today you're pushing back on Herod and declaring, articulating, expressing, vociferously, the very words of Jesus, go tell that fox, I'm going to continue to do what God has ordained me to do. Because other than the day that I was saved, my best days are still before me. If that's you, raise them up really high. If it's for you and your family and your children and your children's children, raise them up as high as you can. Because we're about to, oh, I sense an anointing. We as a church are about to push back together like we've never pushed back before. So get ready, foxes. The lions are about to come out. We're about to unleash a roar and push back like we have never pushed back before. So to everyone who thinks the church is dead, to everyone who thinks that Christians are now, for, for everyone who thinks this is the last generation or the majority of Americans will be Christian, go stop drinking the Kool-Aid. You're about to be surprised because the church is about to stand up. We are about to stand up not by might nor by power but by my spirit saith the Lord we are about to stand up under the anointing of God with the blood of Jesus under the authority of the name of Jesus go tell that fox we're going to continue to set the captive free heal the sick because our best days are yet to come give God one more shout of praise stand with me We preached a little bit aggressive here today. But I was with a group of pastors. We got together, and unbeknownst to us, right after we gathered, when we walked out, there were a group of people lined up from where we were, we were gathering. We didn't know this at all, had no idea. Why, who would do this? So we were gathering, this just happened. When we just came out, there's a group of pastors, you know, so we just came, and we, we walked out of our venue, and a group of people lined up and started cursing at us, and yelling at us, intimidating us, harassing us, and we're going, we're going like, I've never, in my life, and I've seen some crazy things, I've never seen that. I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher, I love Jesus. I want to change the world of truth and love. And just a group of people lined up, cursing, spitting, threatening. We're going to kill you, your family, saying things that I can't even, of course I wouldn't mention. Spitting. There was a, a pastor, because he was 78, his wife was 80, barely being able to walk, and they were yelling and harassing at her. And I'm going... Yeah. Now I'm upset. Now I'm going to come against the spirit of Herod. Like I've never come against the spirit of Herod before. Because you're not going to silence truth and love. The message of truth and love, the message of Jesus is the most transformative message on the planet. Why is the devil trying everything to stop it from being preached? Get over yourself. What I 
whatever. It's up to you. It's your own worldview. Go get them. Go Tiger. Yeah. Deny scripture because do not forsake the fellowship of the saints. Do not. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It's in the book, man. I get that. I do see people lining up. I see people lining up to get to church. And I mean, I see multiple services in various church campuses, people lining up. I see more people being healed and transformed coming to Jesus. I see altar calls. Right now, we can't touch. In our church policy, we do believe in the laying of hands because it's in the Bible. Not in a weird way, in a wired way. And we do lay hands on the sick. We do believe. Once this thing, I see people, altar calls are going to be ginormous. Billy Graham's, there's room at the cross. Baby, come. You know, it's just, we're about to see the greatest revival. The enemy's going to have to pay for everything he's done. You're going to occupy the very area hell has fought to keep you out of. Oh, I mean it. You and your family are about to occupy the very area hell has fought to keep you out of. And collectively as a church, we are about to acquire new territory. I'm prophesying now. Those that are streaming, that means I'm speaking truth, biblically substantiated. Let me tell you this. There are nations that the majority right now of people in that nation are not Christians that are about to become a majority Christian nation. You're not hearing that. I'm here to tell you there are even nations in the Middle East that are about to experience the power of Jesus in such a way you can't stop the will of God. You can't stop the Spirit of God. You can't stop the setting of captives free, the healing of the sick, and the preaching of the kingdom of heaven. Heavenly Father, I come before you with fear and trembling. Lord, we will not be intimidated. We will not be threatened and harassed into submission. We are your church. And you showed me how to do it. Go tell that fox. So Lord, please forgive us. And, and I mean yours truly, the church in general. If we have acquiesced, surrendered, if we bowed, if we drank the Kool-Aid, full of trepidation, whatever it may be, Lord, please forgive us if we have fallen short. I ask you, oh God, to ignite your church with the spirit of Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, the lion of the tribe of Judah. I ask that we rise up as lions and that we roar truth with love, pushing back on the spirit of Herod, the foxes attempting to intimidate your church. Lord, because the world needs the greatest movement that can change the world right now is the gospel of Jesus. So Lord, bless every life. Today we speak to every threatening, opposing, hindering, obstructing force and entity, idea, manifestation. And we say, get out, go tell that fox. We will continue, continue to worship the lamb who is the lion of the tribe of Judah. In Jesus' name. If you come in agreement with this message, if you receive it, for you and your family, and from this moment on, you're standing up and speaking against the fox and advancing the kingdom of heaven. Give him a clap offering like you actually are signing the contract. We are late. We're not late. We're not late, but we're late. I, I want to give this to someone who's in a place of authority. If you manage people, 
beating your job and your career, if people are under you, I want to give this message, my sermon notes, all of them right now that I just preached, to someone to remind you that you have authority over every threatening, harassing force without exception. Who is that? Here, is there somebody? Here, give it to them, please. Go ahead. Give these notes. Everyone, please, if you could be so kind, repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I confess with my mouth and my heart that Jesus is Lord and Savior. And he died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins and resurrected to give me eternal life, new life, and abundant life. There is no other way but Jesus. He is my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name.